but all the more. Um, as you are trying to lay the foundation uh, for a new church yeah. with God's word, the pulpit has got to lead the way. Mm-hmm. And nope. you've got to be able to shepherd God's people in the truth and to not only be casting vision, but be casting biblical vision about what the church should be. Yeah. And I think the most important to d- place to do that is in the pulpit alongside of all of the hundred other responsibilities that go along with Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome back to the We Are Send Network podcast. We're here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're here for the SBC annual meeting 2021. Man, it's been a great time, fellas. Great week. Great been week. enjoying this time with you guys, and we've been at, having some special guests join us here on the We Are Send Network podcast. Joined always by Pastor Dahadi Lewis, Noah Oldham, and today we have a special guest. Come on, somebody. I just wish we had like little applause in the, the podcast. Um, we got... Dr. Pastor H.B. Charles in the house from Shiloh Church. And um, man, legendary preacher, yes. a voice for our day. Uh, your works on preaching have been so helpful, but just your ministry breadth has been helpful, I think, for our convention, for younger church planning pastors like myself, uh, guys planning in diverse areas. Um, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for all you do, brothers, Amen. and it's a joy to be with you. Honor, praise God. Well, I thought it would be good for us to kind of center this podcast on the, the topic of preaching in the context of planting. Mm-hmm. And um, when you hear that that phrase, what comes? What are some thoughts that come to your mind? Sure. So I have pastored two churches, and I have pastored two older, historical, yeah. black Baptist churches. Here we go. Uh, the church I currently serve is as far from a church plant. Uh, we just celebrated. It was planted at one time. We, it was planted at one time, 145 years ago. Yes. <laughs> 105. So I um, walked into a situation where there was already a pre-established culture yeah, and tradition. Sure. And to be honest, I was able to benefit from the fact that I was called to a place where Preaching is in season. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that That's good. factor matters yeah. in an established church or in a church plant. Yeah. But all the more, um, as you are trying to lay the foundation uh, for a new church yeah. with God's word, the pulpit has got to lead the way. Mm-hmm. And nope. you've got to be able to shepherd God's people in the truth and to not only be casting vision, but be casting biblical vision about what the church should be. And I think the most important place to do that is in the pulpit alongside of all of the hundred other responsibilities that go along with with church planning. And I think it's the the two, even though I don't know if um, sometimes they naturally go together in guys' minds because there's so many other things to be factoring in in a church plant. Mm. But I would say to a church planner, what I would say to a guy in an established church, that yeah. preaching is the critical, definitive, central function of the pastor. Mm. And um, 
the church is and does more than preaching, but preaching is central to all that the church is and does. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I'm taking that in for a second. When when you're <laughs> when you talk about the the, the centrality or the, the importance of preaching in the kind of the pastoral ministry, talk a little bit about just how that in terms of shaping the discipling of your people, especially through your congregation and all that. You went in, you said it was central, it was in season. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about like the, the importance of shaping that, especially in times, you know, in these times, mm-hmm. you know, the times that we're in where they got so many different voices and inside, they got this news channel, they got this Instagram, they got this TikTok, they got, you know, all of the different inputs, the influences, the social influences, mm-hmm. how, how does that impact the kind of the you preaching the word of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a great question. I would say, though, um, a, a sidebar to that, I think that's the burden of preaching in general in our generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, over the past couple of decades, preachers have complained that people have short attention spans. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the kind of parallel issue going on now is is that they are paying attention, but they're paying attention to a whole lot of wow. other things yeah, um, outside so of good. the word. And mm-hmm. they are having a worldview shaped. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say, I came to the church I served in 2008, and I can mark the critical cultural worldview points on the society around us that have changed in just 12 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is that the pace of those things are changing more rapidly. I think it's, however, important for the pastor to determine what posture you're going to take. Yeah. And by that, I mean either you're going to be a leader or you're going to be a follower. And I'm talking about your pulpit ministry work. Yep. Mm. Um, I am determined, even though I think this is a greater challenge and it will be greater in the years to come, mm. I'm not I'm not going to just react to everything. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. goal is to help shape a biblical worldview yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for the people that I serve. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm waiting each week to see what, what the biggest stories are. Right. Yeah. Wow. And I am reacting or responding, yeah. right. trying to play catch up to what the culture right. um, is doing and letting the cultural issues lead the way. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm preaching through 1 Peter. Yeah right now. And, you know, my next text is on the relationship of the believer and the government. And there's a lot of things Peter doesn't say. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I wish he would say. Well, mm-hmm. my sermon wow. would be a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. Yeah. Jeez. But he's not trying to address every issue that was going on sure. in those churches scattered throughout the Roman Empire. He was trying to shape their worldview mm-hmm. yeah. and really trusting the Holy Spirit to help them apply it Right. to the specific situations. Right. And I really feel like the challenge is that we are seeing, our people are seeing and hearing so much, but don't have biblical worldview yeah. to help them interpret what they are seeing. And I feel like the pulpit has got to lead the way. Man, I, I love great. that. That is... That's something that really resonates with me because what I've seen in church planting is there's a stream that says, hey, the world's out there. I'm trying to reach them, so I'm going to try to find 
a way to get the, the word to apply to what they already think and so mm-hmm. that they'll receive it and maybe through some weird osmosis, they'll change their mind instead of give them a biblical worldview and let them see everything through that. Yeah. We're preaching through James right now because he begins in to the, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. We're living in this dispersion of our own after the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. We need wisdom. And wow. so yeah. every text doesn't apply perfectly to every situation in our life. But the principles that James gives us and the scriptures give us we pull from other places. Yeah. And so I love that. I think that helps church planners yeah. uh, who want to be missional, who want to go get them to say, I got to get them with the right thing that will shape them. Yeah. In the context of what you're saying and what you just shared, I love that phrase, preaching was in season. And I think what you're doing is you're giving us the ingredients for how to shape a, a culture where preaching is in season. Yeah. By making the 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 pulpit, the the driving force for your church plan. I think that's good for church planners to hear too, because I know for me, energy management, time management, especially in the first couple of years of planting, it's like, do I spend more time on city engagement? Do I spend more time on, you know, lost people? Do I spend more time on team and culture and branding and graphics and worship? And, you know, like, I felt like I'm wearing a lot of hats and trying, and then it's like Friday and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm preaching this weekend too. <laughs> and sometimes if I know if I wasn't careful, I was kind of leaving the, la- the leftover energy for the sermon when that was supposed to really drive the whole thing in, in general. And here's the worst part about that. Yeah. Make me feel worse. I'm grateful. I'm aware of that. And I say me. this as a fellow struggler. Sure. While we're doing all of those things. Come on. The text doesn't say a word. We pass by the Bible mm. <laughs> and it doesn't say a word. Like the emails are screaming Ooh. at us and the wow. graphics and the music and my, my. the meetings are all, and they're all yelling for our attention. Yeah. You know, and it ain't until Friday night, Saturday that the yeah. sermon like, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah, bro. You're going to walk and, by me one more yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've, you've expended all mm. of your energy. I really do think that helpful we need to view our work as preachers in the pastorate as critical to our stewardship of opportunity. Mm. Wow, that's great. And if the heart of the church is the gathering of God's people, Mm. um, what better way do I have an opportunity to build them up in the faith, to point them in the right direction, to um, feed their affection of Christ than through the ministry of the word mm. in our gathered times of worship. Yeah. And, and, and it is a struggle for the newest pastor to the seasoned pastor yeah. to make sure you give that your, your priority so that you are a good steward of the ministry opportunity you have. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this, that, this and from so a good. slightly different perspective. Talk about like felt needs versus real needs. Yeah. Right? When we, and, and, you know, and the way I'm kind of framing that is a felt need is the cultural moment. Like yeah. it's, it's what people want you to talk about, mm-hmm. right? And then the real needs is the the essentials of the faith, the mm-hmm. stuff that's going to get you through those moments, mm. right? Yeah. Um, how do you balance that tension? Because sometimes, you know, and I think a lot of the controversy is just preach the Bible, right? And, you know, on, on one side, and it's like, yes, let's just preach the Bible, but in terms of the text that you preach, like Paul spoke to the stuff in Corinth that was going on in Corinth, you know, in terms of creating first Corinth, you know, and so... Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about kind of the 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 felt need, the cultural moment, and yep. speaking into that, but also building the foundational truth in that rhythm, and not being 
you know, um, Evans on Sunday was talking about being, you know, that you need to have a touchdown. You need to both reach up and, yeah. but, and touchdown, yeah. you know, in, 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 the, in the sermon. <laughs> that was you know, that we can't be so heavenly minded that we're no, of no earthly good, but we can't be so earthly that, that we, there's no heaven in us. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so talk about how sure. you wrestle with that tension, you know, of both reaching up and touching down, yep. you know, in your preaching and teaching and how that, that, that forms you. Man, that's that's. Great question. So I'm a student of expositional preaching. Mm -hmm. I think that in itself is a good point right there, though. I love that. Mm -hmm. Sorry to cut you off. No worries. Like, we should be. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think the challenges, the practice of exposition is a lot of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. But at its core, exposition is explanation. Mm -hmm and exhortation yeah. mm. and they are wedded yeah. and refuse to be separated and I I think wow. um, I don't think there's a hard distinction mm -hmm. biblically in the New Testament between preaching and teaching yep. yeah. but, but if it is one I would say that teaching doesn't require the exhortation part yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. preaching taking the posture of a herald yes. yeah. requires that I do both. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I would I, I would say the explanation and the ex, ex, um, exhortation mm -hmm. is the language you are using. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you talk about true needs right. versus felt needs, right. I think we are failing in preaching if we don't answer the so what question. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I agree, and I agree with that. I guess what my question is because I wanted to present that, you know, we need to go kind of an expositional kind of framework. I guess what, like, you said you're going through First Peter yeah. right now. Let's say this Sunday, what you're talking about, and there's some major event that happens mm -hmm. in the world, and the where you're at this Sunday in First Peter mm -hmm. doesn't hit the major event, but it is impacting your congregation. When do you shift to another verse to, you know, do expositional teaching yeah. and leave to say, is there ever a time, is there ever a moment to say, I need to leave First Peter for this moment to address this issue because it's that significant, you know, or not, or you just say, no, I'm always going to stay with whatever is in there. No. So, um, I think there is power to be honest. Personally, I still listen to old John Piper sermons mm -hmm. because I think he is one of the best at pastoral exhortation. Mm -hmm. He is able to do his exposition with such precision and then start shifting the rest of the sermon to say, in light of this, what kind of church should we be? Yeah. I think that is critical. Mm -hmm. um, I think the power of pastoral application and exhortation. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the meaning of the text is one. Right. But there is many different directions right. you can go in with application. Yep. I think if the moment requires it, and I do this a limited amount of times, but when I do, and say, I know we're supposed to be in First Peter. Yeah. But there is something on my heart yeah. to say. Mm -hmm. I do that sparingly yeah. when I feel like it is something big enough yeah. that requires our attention. Yeah. And I think it gets the congregation's attention. Right. And they don't feel like, you know, past wasn't ready this week, so You know, um, but I also Yes, yeah, great. There are also times where outside of the sermon. 
I do think that if there's something I want to say, I need to take a text that addresses that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I am modeling how to faithfully handle scripture. Yeah. But there are times pastorally before I get to the message. Mm-hmm. This is going on and I need to That's say good. something to us yeah. about this. Yeah. Um, and I think those pastoral moments yeah. when you are just shepherding your congregation to think through something as the family is gathered mm-hmm. is critical. Yeah. I will tell you where I am most um, leaning into to use uh, this strategy and that is me just trying to be more intentional about pastoral prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think pastoral prayers are also teaching times. Mm-hmm. And I am more intentional about preparing them um, because not only am I getting a, just a chance to address it, but I am, I hope, modeling how to pray, mm-hmm. what to be talking to God about. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. As you are thinking through those things, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, I could tell you just, you know, in our last administration, um, I could see how important it was because I'm praying for everything. You know, I pastor a black Baptist church. Yes, Lord, do it, Lord. We need you, Lord. And Lord, do this. Yes, Lord, you able, Lord. And uh, bless the president and get quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, but those awkward things yeah. need to come up also as matters of prayer. Yeah. And they need to hear how I am petitioning God. Yeah. Sometimes with thanksgiving, sometimes praying in protest against something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes praying with a broken heart of lament. Yeah. Um, sometimes praying for with urgency. I think those are also very teachable moments if That's used good. intentionally in our pastoral work. That's good. HB, uh, I remember hearing your story. You, you started preaching at a young age. Uh, and you preached before established people at a young age taking yeah. over. And, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Church planting isn't always brand new preachers or even young preachers that are getting started that plant churches, but it often is. Yeah. Sometimes it's their first tenure preaching week after week. Uh, you do this in your writing already, but I'd love for you to share a few things you would say to newer, younger preachers as they're just getting started. What are some things to hold on to as they get going? Up. He's loading up. Yeah, there's, uh, we don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a million things that blast through my mind, but I would say... If there's one critical thing, I know this might sound like very weird advice, but I think it's important for a, a young preacher getting in the rhythm of weekly ministry to write himself clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are some preachers who confuse the call to preach with a gift of gap. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they just can get up, start talking, yeah. and just start riffing on subjects. Um, I think it can produce lazy thinking because you are not really forcing yourself to think through both what I want to say and how I want to say it. Mm -hmm. I think a critical thing to my growth in my preaching over the years has been a commitment to just write out what I want to say. Now, my goal is not even to use it when I get to the pulpit, Mm -hmm. but the process of writing myself clear and thinking through what I want to say and how I want to say it is a a discipline process that actually is not restrictive. It gives me more freedom Mm -hmm. in the pulpit because I'm not just trying to, it's not like I'm in the pulpit with a net reaching (laughs) for something to say, something to illustrate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's critical part of preparation. You know, it's an interesting thing how many pastors and preachers, we don't want to go back and hear ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. But another thing I think yeah. about is if a lot of our sermons were just transcribed and we went back and had to read them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have another effect on 
us wow. in terms of what we say. Yeah. Um, I thinking through that part on the front end, even as a young preacher, a new preacher, a preacher in the new rhythm of doing it every week, I think that's a practical thing I can suggest. That's Write as much as, of it as you can to think through what you want to say and how you want to say, or, or as I like to say, write yourself clear. Yeah. So the next time the guys in my preaching lab, I tell them to do a manuscript, and they say, I don't think I have to. H.B. Charles said you have to. <laughs> so write yourself clear. Write, write yourself clear. You don't got to use it, but you and may, I, and may I add this? Um, and I picked a line up from R. Kent Hughes. Clarity is his own style. Mm-hmm. So instead of worrying about style and your voice, strive for clarity. Gosh, that's and good. clarity has a way of producing its own style. That's good. That's H- so good. HB, are you keeping some 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 younger guys or older guys, just new pr- people around you, so I they am. can they can get maybe shorter reps or just kind of watch your the way you're creating and crafting these sermons? Yeah, I have uh, got young guys around me, and then right. you know, right now we're yeah. six o'clock on Saturday mornings. Wow, meeting. To uh, we're reading through Jared Wilson's new book on pastoral ministry. So good. But it really is just an opportunity after we review the chapter to start talking. Right. Um, and uh, kind of do life together that way. Man. And uh, be learning from each other. And yeah. I feel like I'm learning from these young men with their energy and their yeah. passion and their drive. And uh, That's hope awesome. they're learning from me as well. Yeah. Man, That's this awesome. has really been a treat to lean into this subject with you. I feel like, you know, it just comes out of you. It's, uh, it's, oh, a, it's a... It's a gift, and it's also something that you can tell you've really given yourself to the Acts 6-4 ministry of prayer and the Word. Thank you. And um, praise God for that. And so I hope you've been blessed by this podcast. We are Send Network podcast today featuring Pastor H.B. Charles. If you have any type of questions or just need some info or want to get connected more, text 888-123 to—or text Send Network to 888-123. Send Network 888-123. You can also— Follow us on social media. Check out the website, sendnetwork.com. Send us some info or a question. If you have something you want to engage in, we'd love to hit that topic with you. Have a great day. We are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.